Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my fantastic listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com internet radio. And I want to say immediately, I miss you all so much. And I pray that you all out there are having a fantastic day and that you were doing great since we last talked and that you've um, been highly blessed and favored and I, too, am doing great, um, just busy and moving on and forward and upward in my life. And I want to say that I thank you all for listening to my last broadcast. I know that I'm on once a month now because um, I, I did discuss with you guys that I'll be attending law school. And I certainly appreciate you your continued support. It means a lot to me. You know, I was just chatting with my the best engineer. Dave, shout out to Dave that um, so much has been happening since I last broadcasted and therefore I had to decipher and put in order all of that craziness that continues to be happening in our world, in our country. Now, let's get this going right now. The country has been so hot. The temperatures right now, I mean, look the other day when we left our, um, you know, our house the other day. It was 118, okay, on the car gauge, like, yow. And uh, it's cooling off a, a bit, like 99, 105, 104. And a lot of you guys out there, like, really, Teresa? I'm like, yeah, hey, we'll take that. Because trust me, we can tell the difference even in two degrees here, okay? So a few degrees cooler, I'm good with that. It's a blessing. And uh, it, it's a blessing that that I'm here talking with you guys. I'm I'm just so excited. Um, I'm going to have a um, another great show for you, my listeners out there today with um, my guest, the mental health therapist, Rachel C. Campbell. We have a lot of hot topics to discuss, so please stay tuned and just relax as you are listening. Okay, so I have some shout outs um, in lieu of my dinner table conversations I want to give um, before getting into um, the main portion of my show, and I want to immediately start by giving a a shout out to the victims and their families of the Dayton, Ohio shooting and the El Paso, Texas shooting. What a devastating and senseless tragedy, listeners, that's built on hate that has been the blame and the motivation regarding both of these tragedies. Tragedies, I'm sorry, people such as myself have stated that person in the White House that slays built is not the only cause, but one of the main ingredients causes that both of these shooters were motivated to do with their dark deeds. They both were after people of color, Latinas, Mexicans, mixed people, as one referred in his manifesto prior to doing his dark deed. Um, I just want to say that my heart is saddened by the continuum of ceaseless hate-driven acts in this country that seemingly has no end as it seems that some of our governmental officials are not willing enough or even perhaps care enough 
to immediately put into law things that can detour and or stop a lot of it. And for me, I just can't phantom why. Why wouldn't it be a great thing to curtail such volatile acts that also has seemingly taken on the power of a locomotive at full speed? I have talked about this before on my show, listeners, that our country has a statue called the Lady of Liberty that stands in the New York Harbor, Ellis Island, that was a gift to this country. She holds a torch in her right hand that is uplifted. The torch is said to light the way to freedom, showing us a path to liberty, hence her name is the Statue of Liberty. She also holds a tablet in the other hand, and inscribed on her tablet, it is a saying, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest tossed to me. I light my lamp beside the golden door. Now, this was a sonnet that was written by Emma Lazarus. This country does not belong to one class of people, listeners. However, knowing history, this country was taken from the people who were the original owners and are still among us, now called Native Americans, many of whom still live in poverty on reservations. These individuals, as many of you out there know, were intentionally wiped out by the white Europeans who invaded this country years ago as they fled from their country where they were being gravely mistreated. And the thing in the White House that Slave Bill says that the immigrants, the aliens are invading this country. Mexico is sending us its worst people to take away jobs from Americans to sell drugs and rape women. He shouts and invigorates at his rallies, lock her up, send them back boasts of untruths as he sits back, take, takes it in proudly, the vicious chance that he has stirred up with the crowd of people in his attendance. For me, listeners, there is no place for racism and hatred. Dorothy Draper, who was an interior designer, said, I firmly believe that nothing contributes so much to the beauty of this world as color. I am a lover not a fighter. I love equality, listeners, justice, forgiveness, and peace for all people. I know that this world is a world of plenty and that there is more than enough here on this earth for people as this is a country of plenty. For example, no one should be hungry. Individuals who want to provide a roof over their head and their family's heads should be able to do so. Healthcare should be bountiful and affordable. Education should be affordable. What I'm saying here is that whatever a person wants and whatever person needs to make him or her whole should be available for them. The truth is that we are all children of God who are finding our way here on earth every single day. We all derive from a God who is all about love and kindness, not hate, confusion, and discord. I know that for all of you out there listening to my voice, you may be shaking your head or saying, I see this violence is never going to stop. I heard people say this to me. Well, Teresa, things are going to get worse before they get better. Now, I will share with you that this same thing that I just said to you has crossed my mind. But I dismiss it immediately, saying that I hope that love, understanding, patience, open-mindedness, and positiveness is quickly on the horizon, remembering without hope, listeners, we are truly lost. 
Mistakes are the tools of knowledge. It is a paper that I am currently writing. I'm writing this paper because it is important that we learn from our mistakes singularly and collectively. For that is where wisdom is abound in your life for the rest of your life, that you don't keep doing the same things over and over again that show no uptick in life movement. It only ultimately shows that you are wasting your most precious commodity, which is time, and that you are digging yourself into a bigger, deeper hole. And the deeper you go, the harder and longer it is for you to get out of it. As I'm closing this portion of my show by saying, be passionate, be courageous, be your best, says activist Gary Gabby Giffords. And to all of the individuals who have lost a loved one or their loved one was injured in a ceaseless act of violence, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. And I'm hoping that you can come to a place in your life where your heart will allow you to keep your loved one there, never forgetting them, but where you will be able to live your life as best as possible. Just remember this, listeners, nothing lasts forever but God's love. Okay, I am going to bring on my guest. He is the world's best mental health therapist, and his name is Reginald Campbell. Good morning, Reginald. Good morning, and good morning to our listeners, and and good morning to Dave. All right. We're ready for another broadcast. It's um, It's been a little bit, but there's a lot to uh, talk about and discuss, so... Let's get rocking and rolling. Okay. Now, you know, as I said, it's been it's been a minute since, you know, since I've, you know, broadcasted. But I want to talk about the Democratic debates, Rachel, that were recently televised. And I know that you and I talked about it to ourselves. But I would like to, you know, have a discussion for our listeners, you know, regarding the debate. So uh, were there any candidates that stood out for you, Reginald, during the, you know, debates? No one, with the exception of of uh, Joe Biden, um, um, Elizabeth Warren uh, does. I, I am impressed by her, uh, but definitely uh, Joe Biden. Um, mm-hmm. Joe Biden has, uh, he, you know, he doesn't have, you know, so, so many of these candidates are, are looking for sound bites, you know, something smart, you know, snappy to say. You know, to get some type of reaction in in the news or you know things like that, um, without having a lot of substance behind the things that they say. You know, it doesn't matter these little snappy, quicky, cute things that you know they practice in their you know that they prepare for and the people that are helping them come up with these little snappy things to say. Mm-hmm. But 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 substance. You know, where, where's where's the substance? And, uh, you know, Joe Biden has, I mean, let's face it, he's been there, he's done that, he's doing it. You know, he, mm-hmm. he's lived it. Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's the person that that impresses me and I think that uh, is ready to leave this country. Yes, I um, have somewhat of the same uh, sentiments. Um, Joe Biden, uh, most definitely. Um, Elizabeth Warren, you know, she, you know, she's, she's okay, uh, with me, but the rest of them, um, no. 
I'm not impressed at all. Um, I, I let everyone know that I was uh, for Joe Biden, and that's why he is the lead. The thing is, is that this is not a joke. Um, you know, listeners, as you all know out here, this is serious business. And uh, we need to have a change uh, within our um, um, governmental um, administration as soon as possible, a- ASAP. So, you know, Reginald, what about um, the talk that President Obama has yet to come out and endorse a candidate, especially he has yet to show support for Biden? Um, you know, there, you know, uh, President o- uh, Obama has other things to do um, in, in his life, he and his beautiful uh, wife. Uh, Michelle, but you know darn good and well that they're going to that they're just on the horizon. There's no need for them to um, to come out um, right now and and start a, a campaign. What are your thoughts? I, I totally agree. There's no reason for him to come out and endorse uh, Joe Biden now. Anybody who thinks that President Obama and Michelle are, are not going to endorse Joe Biden, they've been living in a cave for the last thousand years. Um, had he come out and endorsed uh, Vice President Biden already, the news media would have said, why is he endorsing him already? Why is he endorsing him? So either way, there they being the media would have something to say, especially Fox so-called news and these mm-hmm. other, you know, right-wing Republican organizations. So um, he knows what he being President Obama and, and Vice President Biden, they, they know what they're doing. And again, anyone who mm-hmm. thinks that he's not going to endorse Joe Biden is, I mean, come on, that's, that's just totally ridiculous. Well, you know, they like to keep, you know, keep all kind of negative stuff stirring about. That's that's what they do. Now, yeah, yeah you know, I, I want to talk about this, too. Now, on the on the view that was um that had aired on um uh, July 31st, it was re- it was a report that was led by Sonny Halston. And um, titled Without a Trace. Now, Reginald and my listeners, this report is about a young woman who has been missing for two years. So I'm just going to give you specifics on it, uh, listeners. And so if you want to, you can always go in and pull the information up. You can go and pull up the view 731 2019 and listen to it in its entirety. Um, and um, this report is about a young woman who has been missing for two years, Reginald, and and um and the father is working with an organization that's called Black and Missing Foundation. Now, the stats show Reginald this. OK, now, I did not know that it this was this high. OK, last year, over two hundred and thirty thousand. OK, people of color has been reported missing in the U.S. and that nearly 75 percent of them are under the age of 18. Wow. Now, this is the, yeah, this is the most underreported crises and largely ignored by the media in our country. This is what the report is saying. Now, the father of um, this young woman, her name is Ikea Eggleston. And her father's name is Sean Wilkinson. Um, and his uh, and, and so that he said that he had reported this this daughter missing to the Baltimore police. They have been notified and the media continues to disregard his cries for help as there has been no interest regarding this tragic story, and this is why they came on The View. Now, I also would like to uh, put in a plug for The View, stating that the last time this organization was on there reporting about a missing person, that person was found, okay? And I'm sure it's because and I'm sure it's because of the, the, the blanket, you know, I'm sorry, the uh, net that they cast, you know, there's so many listeners and things like that. 
Um, they said that she, this, this, uh, woman was 22 years of age. She was a single mother. She was pregnant, um, with her second child, um, eight months pregnant. Um, she was not working as she was a high risk pregnancy. She was getting ready for her baby shower. Her girlfriends had, so her, um, girlfriends took her to, uh, to get her hair done. And, and, um, she was very excited about, um, you know, her baby shower and, uh, she just vanished without a trace. Now there is a $25,000 reward. And at the time of this show, um, that aired on the view it was being reported that, um, they, meaning the father and, um, the mother had gone to the police station a few months ago and they, the police had no idea of who this young woman was. And although it was reported, she was reported missing. Now here's the thing, you know, they said that the grandfather called them. The grandmother called the father at work to tell him she would have been missing for two days. And it was four days before she was reported missing, Reginald. And they, and, um, they even showed a picture of her taking money out of the bank. Now here's the little other hairy stuff that's going on. They said they searched her, searched the apartment, you know, for some belongings. Some of her belongings was missing, Reginald, like furniture. Okay. Now she's eight months pregnant, high risk. She did have a, a, uh, roommate. All right. Um, she um, the father of the baby will not talk to her father. He will give him zero information. He will not call him back. He won't say anything, although he has reached out to him several times. And the police has told him that not to interact with him. Um, and so, you know, I just think that this is this is this is a tragic story. What are your thoughts so far? Wow. It definitely sounds suspicious. Uh, I had no idea uh, of the number of, 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 of people missing. You know, you hear mm-hmm. about people missing, but I, I mean, that's, that's, that's a staggering number. Uh, mm-hmm. The this guy refusing to cooperate, well, that's very suspicious as well. Uh, mm-hmm. missing. Uh, she's in a high-risk pregnancy. Uh, she's not going to be uh, uh, lifting and moving furniture. So that's why, you know, he, he wasn't working, obviously, because of the high-risk pregnancy. Um, so it definitely sounds suspicious. Yeah. Now it's also being reported that the uh, the two women that were representing um, uh, the comp- the organization Black and Missing Children says that a lot of times when you know you are reporting Black children children missing, they are considered as a runaway. You know, with um you know with the law enforcement, so you get no Amber Alerts or media coverage or nothing. Um, they 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 uh, cite things like oh we're you know they're involved in drugs and because they are impoverished this is just how they act okay so I think it's a terrible thing um, I I invite you guys to go and listen to this report it's on it reported on seven thirty one twenty nineteen on the view you can um, you can Google it or you can go to um, uh, uh, you know to directly to the view. And um and and just look at their their previous uh, tapings on YouTube. 
And uh, there's a big picture of her there. And then, you know, maybe you guys may have even seen or know something about her. So it's really sad. But that 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 two hundred and thirty thousand last year is a is staggering. It's a staggering number. OK. Now. The next thing I'm talking about, Reginald, is tariffs, tariffs and more tariffs. Now, CBS is reporting um, uh, CBS reporting Rachel Lane is reporting that. Trump's tariffs cost U.S. importers an extra $3.4 billion in June alone. Now, um, that thing in the White House that slaves built, trade war with China may be heating up, but it's also burning a hole in the income statements of U.S. importers of overseas goods. U.S. company paid $6 billion in import tariffs in June, a 73 increase from the June 2018 about $3.4 billion of that total comes from the new tariffs imposed by the person in the White House that stays built in the past year, including those on imports of Chinese goods, according to calculations from Tariffs Hurt the Heartland, a coalition of businesses and associations. Now, the figures compiled from U.S. Census Bureau data regional to discern taxes imposed under Mr. Um, Thing in the White House that stays built are the first from a month to include the most recent round of tariffs imposed on Chinese imports. Now, those taxes were raised in May to 25% from 10% on about $200 billion of largely industrial goods from China. Now, furthermore, Reginald, the values tracked for June don't include a new round of tariffs of 10% on virtually every remaining consumer product imported from China to the U.S. or about $300 billion worth of products slated to take effect September 1st. That move would mean the average tax on imported Chinese goods would be more than 20 percent, according to a recent estimate from the Peterson Institute for International Economics. And this time, consumers are more likely to feel the pinch for real, as the September list includes popular items like smartphones, clothing, footwear, food, electronics and books. And that includes the Bible. Your thoughts, Reginald? He, he, he being that person that's temporarily in the White House, you know, stands there and says that, well, the consumer will not be affected by these tariffs that the Chinese <laughs> government will pick. I mean, really? <sighs> I mean, what, what makes you think that? You know that this is going to be anyone with any just common sense, you don't have to be an economics major to know that it's going to be trickle down to the consumers and as you were mm -hmm. saying all of those products um smartphones school supplies i saw a report where people were talking about the spike in school supplies that they see this year um from yes. pencils and paper and 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 school yes. books you know all of the whole thing it, it uh -huh. you know have an effect on on families um mm -hmm. and and you know because China is the second largest economy in, in the world and a huge trading partner. Uh, but, you know, this, this knucklehead earlier has said about a year ago that trade wars are, are easy to win. For who? So ignorant. Exactly. Who, exactly. You know, any kind, and, and just to say any, that you are okay with any kind of war, I don't care if it's a military war, trade war. wars, or world war, you know, yes. a, a word war, 
you know, no kind of war is, is, is good. So just to even throw that word around like that is, is just very ignorant, in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. Well, let's remember, Reginald, that recently he said, uh, as he was on one of his um, um, hateful rallies, I'm going to tax the hell out of them. You know, yeah. it's like, what, the, what are you talking about? This country is going consistently in a whirlpool of debt. Consistently. Yeah. What is he talking about? They're not paying anything. It's the consumers <laughs> that are paying for that. I don't know why people don't see that. You go to the grocery store, and you know, because that's what I do, right. you know, go to the grocery store. And I know a lot of my listeners out there do. And I'm sure that a lot of them have noticed the huge uptick right. in prices. You know, it's like, OK, Absolutely. I spent $330. What did I get for 330 you know, it's like, mm-hmm. all right, they put all this stuff in plastic bags, something I wish they would stop using. Uh, give me mm-hmm. paper bags or, you know, bring your own bags. Right. And, um, and, and, um, you know, you, you have all these, okay, so you put the stuff on the counter and you get home. It's like, okay, so 3.30. Okay, let me look, uh, let me re- look at that receipt again. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And it says that more taxes on goods from China paid for by U.S. importers and deposited into the U.S. Treasury are slated to be imposed September 1st. I'm saying that again. I'm telling you, listeners, it is totally ridiculous. You know, I have um, um, a book bag drive, and um, and what I do with this book bag drive is that I buy new book bags, and, I, and mm-hmm. I've discussed it before, but I'm going to discuss it again. I buy new book bags to give to children. Um, I don't want to give them used book bags because I feel like this, that a child that is already depleted in certain, some type of way, giving that child something new will heighten their inner being. You know, it's like, oh, I have a new book bag and, yeah. and I don't go out and get these cheap book bags there, you know, and I pay for them out of my pocket and I deliver them, you know, to the schools. And um, I asked God, I said, you know, I would like to have more book bags. You know, last year I told him, I said, thank you for me delivering these book bags. And this year I would like to deliver more. You know, I would like to have, um, you know, um, double that. Well, he, he, uh, double that and, and, and some, you know, um, uh, and it's, and it's a great feeling to do that. However, I, when I was shopping for these book bags, cause I started getting these book bags, like right now I'm, stu- I'm starting, for next year. And um these book bags, you know, it's it's ridiculous. Like we were in office max and book bags are, you know, were like eighty and ninety dollars. I'm like, are you are you freaking kidding wow. me? For a fucking wow. book bag? How do they think parents wow. are going to uh pay for this? You know, they're they're not gonna be able to pay for this for their for their kids. You know, and so then this is what I what I'm saying. I, I do my best so that I can give you know, these are, uh, uh, you know, kids that don't, you know, really get anything, you know, so mm-hmm. giving them a new book bag. And then I always put some kind of supplies in there, you know, folders, mm-hmm. papers, you know, pens, pencils, um, erasers, yeah. that that kind of thing. And, um, yeah, and I always have a nice card uh, printed out mm-hmm. with um, with uh, some uplifting, um, um, you know, an uplifting saying for them this this year. I quoted Malala Lusazes, and what she said is one child, one teacher, and one pen 
can change the world. So um, it's just, you know, it's, and I, I, I'm telling you, it's, I mean, the clothing, the food, everything is just, it's just off the chain. And then the utilities are going up as well, you know, and, um, yeah. and then while on the other hand, he's not paying his due diligence. He's not paying taxes. He has to pay for mm-hmm. any of his rallies. He just think that that's all on the dime of the U.S. citizen. No, it's not. You're supposed to pay for your own rallies. You know, that's that's you and your campaign, not the, you know, not the United States campaign. You know, it's wow. Anything you want to say, Reginald, before we move on? Well, well, there's a few weeks ago, there was a story and I can't remember where this uh, where this took place and um, um, about children not being able to afford their lunches, you know, things like that. And, and the school board was sending threatening letters uh, saying that um, they would be reported uh, and have, have the children removed out of the home into foster homes if they don't pay the school lunch. So there's a gentleman. What? Uh, see, uh, oh, oh, yeah. I mean, it's, this, this is crazy. And I can't remember where this was. I want to say, oh, well, I don't want to say where, but I'm sure if you Google it, you can, uh, it, it will come up. So, yeah, they were threatening to have children removed out of their parents' home into foster homes. So a gentleman who um, was CEO of a company, he volunteered to come in and pay for every kid's meal, every kid's lunch for the year, and they wouldn't allow him to do it. And I thought that and, was um, so cruel. How cruel that was, is that, Reginald? That, that was how, so cruel. How, how cruel wow. is that? I mean, what? so I delivered um, to my grandson's school this year. I, I've been delivering book bags uh, to their school, um, you know, because I'm, I, you know, I deliver so many here, so many there, so many there. Uh, last year I delivered 10. This year I delivered 25. And um, and um, when I, while I was there, I said, well, you know, I'm going to, pop in and put some money on his um, lunch account. And it just, it just bewilders me every time when I ask, you know, is there a child that is needing, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, some money on their account? Can I put some on there? Oh no, you, you can't do that. You'd have to call the school district. And I mean, it's ridiculous. And I've said mm-hmm. this before, they make it hard for you to help a child, you yeah. know, it, it's, it yeah. doesn't make sense. And they were going to actually, back to what you were saying, they were going to remove the child from the parents' home because they can't afford to pay their lunch. Right. That's right. that's crazy. It's, you know, I, I never crazy. heard of, of such. So you're going that's to, you really know, crazy. It's, it's child abuse or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And, you know, they were threatening to have the children removed from their home and placed in foster homes if they didn't pay their their lunches you, you know wow i mean what makes you wow what parent would would not want to pay yeah. their children's lunch obviously they're having some kind of economic um uh you know something something yeah something's going on yes yes right yes right so cruel just just cruel oh my god it's just so cruel and it goes back to what um you know, one of my favorite ladies, uh, Hillary Clinton, says it takes a village, and it does. It takes yeah. a village, you know, so I'm going to be supportive um, as much as possible as I can, 
um, you know, with, with my grandchildren and, and others, you know, and it's, it's a shame. It really is a shame. But yeah, so I, I was saying that, you know, just piggybacking on what you're saying is that they told this gentleman, no, that he can't, yeah. that he can't do that. So that you would yeah. much rather, you would much rather try to do your dirty deed mm-hmm. of taking a child out of home, which I don't feel that that can happen, but I'm just saying, why right, would you even right. come up? You know, what would, why would you even come up, conceive that in your dark mind mm-hmm. that we'll take your child out of the home, you know, and, and and because you're not paying the school lunch? What the hell? Instead of mm-hmm. asking them, you know, how can we help? And then, by the way, the school lunches have increased this year. You know, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if they increased it 10 cents. That's still mm-hmm. a lot to a lot of um households. OK, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, honestly, honestly. Oh my God! This country. Yeah. Okay. And then the fact of not allowing that gentleman to 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 pay. I mean, he he, yeah. he was just bewildered. He was bewildered and and he was hurt. I, you know. I don't I don't understand it, Reginald. Oh wow. no, you know because I'm standing there. I'm like you know I will like no you no you can't. I'm like why not? You guys mm. know me by name. Okay. <laughs> You know, I'm here all the time doing something, supporting the, you know, the school. If something is needed, you know, you guys let me know, and then I do my best to, to accommodate. But I cannot, I cannot contribute. That that's that's crazy to me. I that's that's that I I don't get it. Okay, yeah. now, wow. Reginald, that person in the White House that slaves build, he went to El Paso and Dayton, but the mm-hmm. thing is, he was not being welcomed with open arms, okay? Mixed messages. Now, this is a report by CNN Politics' Daniel Dale, and it was reported August 7, 2019. Now, there was some fact check with that person in the White House that slays Bill falsely accuses Sherrod Brown, who is the Dayton mayor, of misrepresenting his hospital visit. See, this is what I'm saying. He, he just likes to keep shit going all the time. So mm-hmm. that person in the White House that stays billed, his press secretary and his director of social media accused Ohio um, Senator Sherrod Brown and Dayton Mayor, Dayton Mayor Nan Whaley, both of whom are Democrats, of misrepresenting the reception Trump received from shooting victims during his visit to a, to a Dayton hospital. Now, the report says facts first. This is false. While both Brown and Whaley criticized Trump's past rhetoric, they were only complimentary about his visit to the hospital. Okay, mm-hmm. at the press conference following their joint hospital visit with that thing in the White House that slays Bill, Brown said he was received well by the patients, was comforting, and did the right things. At the press uh, conference and in an interview with CNN, Whaley said victims were grateful to see that thing in the White House, and that he was treated well by the victims, for sure. Brown did call Trump and his past rhetoric racist. Whaley did um, call um, his that thing in the White House past rhetoric divisive and said, it, and said it was good he did not visit the district where the shooting occurred because of local anger about him, okay? But neither of the two Democrats alleged that he was badly received at the hospital. When Whaley was later shown the, you know, the tweet that he did, this thing in the White House that slaves built Reginald, in which he accused her of totally uh, misrepresenting what took place inside the hospital. She responded, I'm really confused. Well, don't be. He's just an ass. 
We mm-hmm. said he was treated really well. I don't know what you could talk about misrepresenting. So, oh, well, you know, he lives in his world of Twitter, Whaley said in a yeah. video posted on Twitter by the Cincinnati Inquirer. Your thoughts, Reginald? You know, he, he's just a complete liar. He's a complete liar mm-hmm. and, and a racist. And and I heard that mm-hmm. report on CNN, uh, uh, I'm sorry, on, on MSNBC yesterday as I was driving home. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the, some of the patients uh, stated that they were not for him, that they, you know, didn't like him, but they were respectful towards him because they were respectful towards the, the, the office, you know. Exactly. And so they were exactly. respectful towards him. Uh, there was nothing ugly or anything like that said about him or towards him from, from the patient. Um, mm-hmm. But then he goes off and, and just completely lies because that's what he does. Um, and and people, yeah, there there were a lot of protesters, uh, protesters and things uh, in, in both cities. And rightly so, because exactly. all of this rhetoric that he has ramped up with his with mm-hmm. his with his mouth and and you know people are being hurt people are dying this, this is a serious thing this isn't a fucking joke you know you're mm-hmm. putting your these people's lives you're putting people's lives on the line mm-hmm. and so yeah and and finally and, and let's not even talk about Mitch McConnell the turtle oh my, oh my Mitch. god oh my, my god Mitch. Who, who obviously is in the Ugh. pocket of the Russians and Putin as well as, as, as Trump. You know, you know where it. he wouldn't even uh, allow a vote on, on, on anything. So unfortunately, they're not going to do anything. They're not. They're not going to do anything about, about, about guns. Uh, and, and, and Trump's, his so-called uh, news conference, I'll say this right quick, his so-called news conference that he had the day or so after the, the shooting, you know, he threw a little tidbit out there to the NRA, basically saying, "Well, it's not the gun; it's it's the oh my it's, it's God. Oh. illness." So I'm saying to myself, "Okay, that was the wink to the NRA." I'll sit, I'll stand up here and say exactly, a wink, wink, but, wink, know, wink. Uh-huh. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then that that thing in the White House that slaves built, he had the mitigated gall to, to you know, to um to you know, to regurgitate what that, you know, that, that Moscow Mitch was saying, you know, it's yeah. not, it's a, it's, it's not the gun it's the people pulling the gun. You know, this is, this is what I was saying before Reginald. <sighs> they want to throw out too much about mental illness. This is, yeah. this is my belief. This is my belief. There are a lot of individuals out there, listeners that are, dealing with mental illness that's for sure i'm not going to discount that at all reginald you understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. however there are people out there who are just plain fucking evil exactly. period exactly. period and don't be fooled just like there is light and goodness here on this earth the devil is roaming as well all right and his henchmen Okay, and that's all that there are. I'm sick and tired of people want to, you know, put mental illness as the as the disguise for, you know, oh, this is why he did it because he was mentally ill. If she was mentally ill, she didn't, you know, she has mental, mental. No, no, the fucking bitches are just plain evil. 
period. They are the right. devil's henchmen. All right? I'm all sick right. of it. Yeah, that, I, you, you know, know it's mental, like illness. mental illness, mental illness, mental illness. I'm sorry, Reginald, to, yeah. to, you know, to interrupt. You know, it's mental illness. You don't know anything mm-hmm. about mental illness. So shut up. Right. You know, right. that thing in the White House that slaves built, he, as <laughs> I said, he has the yeah. nerve to say <laughs> that. I'm not a, 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 I am not a mental wow. illness expert, but I got a lot of fucking common sense and I'm smart. I can see that your ass is definitely in the boat with no oars to row. Okay, now go ahead, Reginald. And the boat has three or four leaks in it. Thank you. <laughs> but Thank has you. No oars, three or four leaks. Yeah, it's a new catchphrase. Oh, mental illness. Oh, mental. Oh, oh also, and how they bring it on video games. You know, oh, my, oh, and you know, the video games oh. and all that. This country does, uh, other countries have people with, unfortunately, with mental illness. Um, Thank you. So what is it about this country that is, no, it's the amount of guns that's available to people. It's simply Thank that, you. the amount of weapons. So, yes. you know, again, it's that wink to the NRA. Oh, Thank you. God. Thank you. You know, it's just, okay. Now, this is going to be a good um, um, segue, okay, to what we're talking about right now. NPR is reporting the following on June 20th, 2019 by Robbie Feinberg and Bonnie Petrie. African migrants are becoming a new face of the U.S. border crisis, okay? And it says, uh, Felipe and Muriel took their four young children and fled violent militias and civil unrest in the Democratic Republic of Congo nearly five months ago. They flew to Ecuador region, then they traveled on foot across Central America to reach the U.S.-Mexico border, where they wait, where they waited for weeks in a long line of asylum seekers before being allowed to cross and make the last leg of their journey. Now, finally, they reached their destination, a makeshift emergency shelter in Portland, Maine, a converted minor league sports arena now filled with cots. Felipe said, it is paradise. I was thinking what I could wish for, and this is what I wish for, Felipe said through a translator. He and his wife did not want to give their last names to protect their privacy. Now, the crisis on the southern border region has been driven by a surge of migrants from Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Now, there's a new face of the crisis, this report is saying. Hundreds of African migrants have crossed the border in in recent weeks, many to seek asylum. Now, what is going on with that? You know, yeah. I, 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 yeah, you know, this is why I'm saying education is a, is a wonderful thing. Now, you know, Reginald, we know that there has been issues in the Congo. Uh, this is not the first time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, it's not the last time where people were fleeing for their lives because of craziness that has been going over there. But had you heard about, um, you know, that about, uh, uh, uh individuals from, the, um, uh, you know the the, uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo fleeing, and um, yeah, uh, you know that they're asylum seekers. Yeah, I, I have excuse me, have heard something about that. Actually, uh, a few weeks ago on Joe Madison's program, uh, he was discussing uh, that as, as well uh, uh, of how um, uh, 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 people are, are are fleeing, you know, the Congo uh, and you know, going to South America and making their way to um, uh, Mexico to enter the United States. 
Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, again, people are, are, are fleeing uh, terrorism, tyranny, you know, and things like that. People, you know, people, people are desperate. They're desperate to be, to be free. They're desperate to, to uh, you know, be able to raise their, their families. And, and it's a desperate situation right now. And you're right there, you know, the, there's been a lot of things going on in the Congo for years, actually. Years ago, it mm-hmm. was first the Belgian Congo uh, when they uh, the country won its independence from Belgium. Uh, it was they mm-hmm. named Zaire, and actually that's where Muhammad Ali had his fight with um, uh, in, in 1974, uh, and mm-hmm. then they changed it to the Republic of, of, of Congo. I think there's another Congo. name before the Republic of Congo as, as well, but just to give mm-hmm. people an idea of of uh, the Republic of Congo, what it was and what it is. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a shame. Um, yeah, it is. I mean, it's it's terrible. I mean, it is unrest, uh, not only in this country as we know, but it's you know it's throughout the world. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. it is just wow. It's it's sad. It's sad because as I said in the beginning of my program that there is enough here for everyone to be successful in anything and everything that they want to do. I mean, this, right. it, it just does. It's, it's ridiculous. Okay. I want to get to another conversation um, because, you know, I'm time goes by so quickly. And, um, and uh, so I want to talk about this original that this is a report that there are an estimated 393 million civilian-owned guns in the United Mm. States. 393 million listeners, guns uh, that are... There's not even 393 million people in the United States. So in (laughs) other words, my point is there are more guns than people in this country. Okay? Now... This report by Brian Class of Washington of the Washington Post um, says that nothing perplexes the rest of the world so much as our stubbornly lax gun laws and our refusal to address the gun deaths epidemic. It seems that nothing, no matter how horrific, will lead to tighter restrictions on guns. Twenty first graders gunned down at school in Connecticut. A lone gunman killing 58 people and wounded 869 in 10 minutes at a concert in Las Vegas. 17 students and staff murdered during class in Florida. And now after two mass shootings Saturday that killed 31 people, the response is the same as before, thoughts and prayers. A day or two in an all-too-familiar news cycle, and at the end, nothing changes, Reginald. By contrast, when a gunman shot and killed 17 people at the Dunblane Primary School in Scotland in 1996, the British public demanded action. The government swiftly introduced uh, uh, sweeping gun control legislation, listeners. There has only been one mass shooting since, okay, in the 23 years, from 1996 to now, all right? In Britain, this report says there are now about 0.06 violent gun deaths per 100,000 residents. In contrast, there are roughly, get this, 
4.43 violent gun deaths per 100,000 residents in the United States. So in other words, even after accounting for population differences, the gun homicide rate in the United States is around 73 times higher than the same figure for Britain. And partly because guns are much more effective weapons to kill, the overall intentional homicide rate in the United States is about 4.5 times higher than Britain's homicide rate. Now, Republicans on Fox News over the weekend trouted about the same tired excuses, which is what you were saying. Video Mm -hmm. games are to blame. That thing in the White House that Slaves Bill claimed it was all about mental illness, and both explanations are absurd. Now, with all of the tragedy, Reginald, involving guns, what are some of the things you would propose Mm -hmm. to deal with the amount of guns that are in the United States of America? I mean, my husband and I was talking about this last week, and I'm like, I must get this in on my report um, uh, next week. I'm so happy that I, you know, because I want to educate people. If you have not heard about it, you're hearing about it now. There are more, more guns. And I know a lot of you out there saying, I'm not surprised. Okay, but check it out. 393 million. Your your take, Reginald? Wow. I, I'm just, I'm astounded by that number. 393 million. I mean, are you off the floor yet? Because that's where I was. I'm I'm still on the floor and I'll need some help getting up. Exactly. Um, You know, I mean, listen, they're they're, astounding. You know, it's like cranking it out like refrigerators or cars or, or, or irons or, or, or cell phones. You know, they're just cranking out guns. Why, why do you need that? And don't tell me that gun legislation and restrictions and all of that does not work. Just the fact that you were talking about in Scotland and then the shooting um, in New Zealand, what, about a year or so ago, when right yeah. away, you know, the government instilled, uh, you know, new laws and new restrictions on, exactly. on, on uh, you know, those type of, of, of weapons. In the mm-hmm. meantime... Here, they do nothing hmm. because of the NRA. You know, these politicians yep. are, are, are getting, you know, uh, um, campaign contributions from them. They're, they're mm-hmm. in their pockets, you know. And in the meantime, mm-hmm. this is happening. So all these politicians, you have blood on your hand. Exactly. What if, you know, heaven forbid, it's you or someone you love? But even mm-hmm. if it's not you or someone you love, these are other people who are victims who are loved by someone and who love someone. Yeah. So we're all connected. Yeah. It is, it's, that number is astounding. Isn't it? And the thing is, Reginald, I'm going to, I'm going to say this because you know, I listen to, you know, news. I, I, you know, wow. I can't listen to a whole lot of it all the time, but I listen to it, you know, to stay informed because I am reporting and things like that. But I swear to God that people are listening to my program because I hear them regurgitating things that I say. Sure. <laughs> so if you're out there listening, I, I gotcha. 
All right. Um, sure. So the but but you know I know that I'm going to be uh, signing you off here in about two minutes, Reginald, because um um you know you you have an appointment that you need to get to. But, you know, I just needed to I just needed to bring this up, you know, about the guns, because I want people, you know, to be well informed. Mm -hmm. And I want them to know that, you know, the difference, you know, that in the legislation laws between this country and other countries, you know, and and Britain has Brexit. okay, Mm -hmm. and their damn laws are better than ours. (laughs) You see what I'm saying, yeah. Rachel? Are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Right. You know? Um, yes. And I just said that the United States is around 73 times higher than the same figure mm. in Britain. And partly because mm. guns are much more effective weapons to kill, the overall in- intentional homicide rate in the United States is about 4.5 times higher than mm. Britain's homicide rate. That is absurd. I I, I agree is. with this gentleman. It is ridiculous. God. Video video fucking games are to blame. Oh are you kidding me? Lock her right. up. You know this da da. You know and all of the mm-hmm. things that he says. This this is not this mm-hmm. is not a joke. This is this is That's not right. a joke. I mean this. Yeah. So Reginald, I am going to, um, you know, uh, thank you for being on my show. You'll, you know, we'll be back again, um, um, in a, in a month. I'll be reporting mm-hmm. again on the first, uh, Thursday of next month. Uh, but I'm, I still have a little bit more time because I have some things that I want to, uh, a couple of more things that I want to talk to my listeners about. But thank you okay. for being on, on my show and, uh, you have a, a great day and be safe and we okay. will chat later. Okay. Okay. All right. Thanks. All right. Have a good day. Okay. Be blessed, everyone. Yep. Bye. Absolutely. Bye. Bye. Okay, uh, listeners. I let's 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 bring in some some happy happy uh, stuff. Something that's a little bit something that's lighter. Not a little bit lighter, but something that's lighter. You know. And I think this is exciting. You know. Um, many of you out there will re- recall that I said that my mother was a hairstylist and she owned three hair salons in Chicago and she named them all. Teresa's beauty salon and I did not did not uh, want to inherit any of any of those businesses because um you know like Austin Powell says that just ain't my thing baby <laughs> although um I did a lot of modeling and I love you know um clothes and the beauty products and so forth but I just wasn't interested in that but having said that you know this is exciting because there's going there's there they're going to be making a movie about Madam C.J. Walker now, for all of you out there who don't know who she is, the legend she is a legendary philanthropist and hair care entrepreneur. She was born to former slaves in 1867. Now, Tiffany Haddish, Carmen Ijogo, Blair Underwood, Kevin uh, Carroll, and Garrett Morris are all slated to join uh, the Hidden Figures actress uh, Octavia Spencer in the series titled Madam C.J. Walker, and it's going to be uh, streaming on Netflix. Now, this is being reported by Kimberly Richards of Huff Post Entertainment on 8-7-2019. Now, uh, for a little bit of uh, inf- information about uh, Madam C.J. Walker, she was born Sarah Breedlove Walker, who built a beauty empire selling hair care products for black women, has been widely heralded as the first known American woman to become a self-made millionaire. 
Now, this is the Guinness um, World Record notes that. And then and then other lesser known uh, black business women like Walker's former employer, the beauty entrepreneur Annie Turnbull Malone. They may have reached a millionaire um, level earlier than than Walker. OK, but um, uh, now Octavia Spencer is going to be an executive producer. Um, and there's it's a limited series along with LeBron James and Maverick Carter and Jamal Henderson via their production company, Spring Hill Entertainment. I am so excited about that. I love it, love it, love it. Um, I say that these stories, um, you know, need to be told um, um, more and more. And, um, you know, about, um, you know, about uh, black uh, women and men who were who were and still are achievers, um, you know, in our in our life. I think that that is a fabulous, fabulous thing. Okay, something else I want to (laughs) tell you about something that I I came across. And that is you can get paid one thousand dollars to take a digital detox for the weekend. I have about one minute left. And then plus you'll be a Joshua tree. Now this is a report by Candy Lang on 8-7-2019. And she says, if you can stand a weekend away from your phone for a d- digital detox, you can earn a fast $1,000. Thanks to satellite internet and online resource that helps people compare internet providers in their area. Someone who's willing to go off the grid for two days and can get paid a thousand dollars in cash for merely foregoing all technology and social media. The company will pay for one chosen applicant to stay in Joshua Tree National Park, where they'll spend their digital detox time in a retro Airbnb in the desert, complete with air conditioning, a hot tub, a pool, and a clubhouse, perfect for offline activities like reading books, meditating, and relaxing. The company will also pay up to $1,000 for food and travel expenses. The remote desert location is a fitting environment for this dream job. There's no cell reception, which could help curb your desire to cheat and scroll through your social media feeds. There will be plenty of time to connect online afterwards. However, it's part of the gig. You'll have to log on to the internet to record your experiences. Now, I thank you, I thank you guys out there for listening to me. I miss you, miss you, miss you. I will be back on the first Thursday of September. Oh my gosh, it will be past, it'll be like past Labor Day or something. You guys out there, be safe. I hope you enjoyed my broadcast. I'm thinking of you all, praying for you all. This is Teresa E. Keys. Be kind to yourself and others. Make it a great day.